0: Chapter 2 Travellers from the North 1.5 million BCE to 543 BCE Wide open and unguarded stand our gates Thomas Aldrich Adams Bridge was a bridge crying out for repair even before the great storm of 1470 shattered it forever. Unpredictable and uneven, Sailing had long been the better option, but for Sri Lanka's first settlers, who had still to master boats, a short walk from India was all it took. And walking was what the island's first settlers did, Palaeolithic and later Mesolithic migrants from the Indian mainland who simply strolled across, their effortless trek belaying the extreme complexity that hundreds of years later would colour Sri Lanka's relationship with India from war, intermarriage, Buddhism itself and the borrowing of kings. Since Jurassic times, some 200 million years before, Sri Lanka had, as part of India, broken off from the great Gondwana subcontinent that had been formed in the Triassic era 100 million years earlier. Adams Bridge was becoming the sole point of access to the far south, but by 7,500 BCE, it was almost unwalkable. Beguiling hints of these earliest inhabitants are still only just emerging. Excavations conducted in 1984 by Professor Krishnaraja near Point Pedro, northeast of Jaffna, revealed Stone Age tools and axes that are anything from half a million to 1.6 million years old. As the fossil record itself demonstrates, the land they inhabited was ecologically richer and more dramatic than it is today, teeming not just with the plentitude of the wildlife still found here, but with hippopotamus and rhinoceros as well. Hundreds of millennia later, one of their Stone Age descendants was to leave behind the most anatomically perfect modern human remains yet uncovered on the island. Balangoda Man, as he was to be named, was found in the hills south of Horton Plains, inland from Martara, a short walk from the birthplace of Srimo Ben His complete 30,000-year-old skeleton is bewitchingly lifelike. Probing his remains, scientists have concluded that Balangoda man and his heirs were eager consumers of raw meat, from snails and snakes to elephants. And artistic, too as evidenced in the ornamental fish bones, seashell beads and pendants left behind. All across the island, similar finds are being uncovered now, pointing to a sparse but widespread population of hunter-gatherers living in caves such as Batamdoga, Aliga and Belilana in Kitagala. The tools and weapons found in these caves, made of quartz crystal and flint, are well in advance of such technological developments in Europe, which date from around 10,000 BCE compared to 29,000 BCE in Sri Lanka. Later evidence indicates that Stone Age hunter-gatherers then made the transition to a more settled lifestyle, growing at least by seventeen to 15,000 BCE oats and barley on what is now Horton Plains. This was thousands of years before it even began in that fulcrum of early global civilization, Mesopotamia. Astonishingly, their direct descendants, the Veda, are still alive today, making up less than 1% of the island's population, an Aboriginal community with strong animist beliefs that has, against all odds, retained a distinctive identity leaner and darker than modern Sri Lankans, their original religion, cherishing demons and deities, was associated with the dead and the certainty that the spirits of dead relatives could cause good or bad outcomes. Their language, unique to them, is now almost, but not quite, extinct. And perhaps it was the Veda, or their spirits, that Far Hosen, The 5th century CE traveller, had in mind when he conjured up his fable of early Sri Lanka in his book A Record of Buddhistic Kingdoms. He said, The country originally had no human inhabitants, but was occupied only by spirits and Nagas, with which merchants of various countries carried on a trade. When the trafficking was taking place, the spirits did not show themselves. They simply set forth their precious commodities with labels of the price attached to them, while the merchants made their purchases according to the price and took the things away. Fahasen's colourful travelogue shows just how readily the early origins of the country depend on myth and fable. Centuries passed before there are finally some tantalising hints of the Stone Age's transition into the Iron Age, and with it, more evidence of new waves of colonisation into the island from India. As new travellers arrived from the subcontinent, Balangoda man and his ancestors were pushed into the more inaccessible parts of the country, especially the rainforests, a small example of which, Singaraja Forest Reserve, miraculously survives in its original state today. Using the progressive technology of the Iron Age, the new colonists were able to clear land and plant crops, mine for metals like copper and even establish pearl fisheries. By 1500 BCE, there is evidence of cinnamon being exported to the ancient Egyptians. A series of major excavations in Anarandapora dating to around 900 BCE has uncovered abundant treasure, including artefacts that show the use of iron, the domestication of horses and cattle, the use of high-quality pottery, and possibly even the cultivation of rice. The settlement was large even by today's standards, four hectares. Other equally large settlements undoubtedly wait still to be found. One that has already been unearthed and studied are the burial mounds at Ibn Kantoana near Dambulla, that date back to around a 1000 BCE. Here, a wealth of pottery vessels interned with the dead contain ornaments of bronze and copper, beads, and most interesting of all, such stones as carnelian and onyx, that could only have come to the island from India. Other such sites exist, in places like Paligampola and Jamburagala in Yala. By the early 7th century BCE, evidence comes of the use of the Brahmi script, using a language that is an early form of singular. Inventive, adaptive, increasingly sophisticated, urban living was arriving, whether as an independent island-wide development or because of the rapid spread of urbanised culture from India, still using Adams Bridge as a convenience thoroughfare. This is still the stuff of an impassioned academic debate. Either way, the evolutionary ball was rolling like never before. From urban living came city saints, and into one of these, in 543, stepped the Indian prince, Vijaya.